Hi, it's Michael and Anthony here presenting Small Business Banter. A healthy micro and small business sector means a successful economy and a more vibrant society. Small Business Banter is about helping regional business owners better prepare for the current challenges, but also for the next stage of business success. I'm Michael Kerr, founder of Kerr Capital, advisors to business owners. Each week, with Anthony Turner from the Small Business Mentoring Service, we'll interview a different small business expert or a fellow business owner and get them to share their best tips and insights for you, the listeners. Small Business Banter is brought to you from the studios of 104.7 Gippsland FM and is heard across Australia on the Community Radio Network. Thanks also to our supporters, Kerr Capital and the Small Business Mentoring Service. Okay, so welcome to another edition of Small Business Banter. I uh, want to welcome in today Malcolm Campbell, who's um, as a lawyer. Uh, he's part of um, Coleman Gregg's commercial advice team, but Malcolm will tell you a little bit about himself and what they do there. Welcome in, Malcolm. Thanks very much, Michael. And also, as usual, Anthony Turner, co-host from the Small Business Mentoring Service. Good morning and welcome, Anthony. Thanks, Michael. Nice to be back again. Sure is. Um, thanks for coming in, Malcolm. Um, it was really uh, we had a quick chat the other day. Uh, there's a lot of um, there's been a lot of fallout, you know, f- following uh, COVID nineteen, you know, leading to some you know real challenges for some small business operators. So uh, we want to talk about dealing with some of those you know, issues, like you know, financial banks, uh, landlords, you know, et cetera. But um, could you just give us a little bit about yourself and and the firm you work for? You're based up in Sydney? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, firstly, thanks for having me on uh, today. It's uh, fantastic to be involved in these sorts of programs. But uh, yeah, look, I'm a principal uh, lawyer and director of Coleman Greg Lawyers. We're a, a Sydney-based law firm. Uh, we've got five offices uh, around uh, the Sydney metropolitan area. So uh, head office out in the Greater West in, in Parramatta, CBD, uh, Norwest, Penrith and uh, Southwest down at, at Oran Park. Okay. And and what, what's the sort of, um, in terms of SMEs, what's the kind of work you, you're typically doing with um, with SMEs, small businesses? Yeah, so, I mean, my whole background really has been, been growing up um, working in an SME and then uh, advising and assisting SMEs for, for most of my career. And it's really only been in the last short period of time that I've had exposure to larger corporate clients. So I'm really providing advice through the whole business life cycle for SMEs. So whether it's establishment, teething problems as they grow, or then as they get into the mature phase of, of business, providing any sort of advice that a business is going to need just in their day-to-day operation. So it really canvases a, a very broad range of issues. 
Yeah, Malcolm, uh, great to have you on board. Uh, just uh, interested in, you know, with all of the impacts of COVID-19, you know, retailers closing, landlords having difficulties, financial difficulties, things like that that many, many people around the country can relate to. What, what are some of the legal um, you know, issues that are coming up around that sort of scenario? Yeah, thanks, Anthony. It, it, it's I think what we're seeing at the moment is a real dichotomy in the market. We're having absolute winners out of COVID. There's some businesses that are just going gangbusters, which is a bit of an unanticipated or unexpected outcome uh, of COVID. But then unfortunately and, and sadly for many businesses at the other end of the spectrum, yeah, things are a bit tight. Things are tough. Uh, certainly uh, bricks and mortar retail, yes, uh, they, they, uh, they've been hit hard. Um, hospitality uh, is a is a very clear um, you know industry. Anything to do with travel or, or hospitality have really been hurt hard, and it's the big headline um, expenses, fixed overheads that businesses have that they're really struggling with. Um, you know, people often think about staff a- as an overhead. But they're actually, and thanks to a lot of the support that the, the governments, both state and federal, have put in place, they've become a more manageable, variable expense for business. It's, it's more things like, as you mentioned, rent, um, which is often a, a fixed overhead, uh, and other costs that, that are becoming harder and harder for businesses to manage. Yeah. Um, on that, uh, the, the overhead thing, and particularly with, um, with rent, what What's what's um, your advice to um, some of those challenge businesses? I want to come back to the businesses that are winning or, or are doing well. I'm sure they've got their legal issues as well or their commercial yeah. issues. But with the businesses that are struggling, um, you know, you uh, overheads, EJ or staff. You, you know, maybe that's more flexible, variable, better, easier to manage. But with rent, what's What's your like high level advice to a business that is contemplating how the hell do I you know do something about this lease or this rent in this current environment? Look, I think the first thing uh, to do um, is not bury your head in the sand. Okay, I mean it, it's reality. Whether you like it or not, things are tough, and uh, as 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 is the case in life and in business, you, you just can't, if you ignore an issue, it will just get bigger on you. It will not go. Way. So I would say early communication with either the agent or if you're dealing with your landlord directly, your landlord, um, because you will find that there are actually very many reasonable landlords out there. Um, and uh, if you have early communication with them, you might even be able to come up with an arrangement that they're very happy. In some of the states, um, Malcolm, I, I noticed that, you know, like in Victoria where I'm based, uh, we've got the uh, Small Business Commissioner um, yeah. here um, and their office actually has a, uh, a remit across the top of retail leasing so that they're sort of a first point of call. Mm-hmm. Um, is that the same in other states or is, you know, um, yeah. how does that work? Yeah, certainly in New South Wales, that's exactly the same. There's a small business commission and also um, there's the the commercial um, leasing code of conduct that was introduced right at the start of of COVID, which provided a framework for um, lessees or or tenants um, to seek relief um, from their landlords when they were impacted by um, COVID. So, 
Um, we have a, an expert property team here and, and they've been run off their feet dealing with those things during the, the 2020 calendar year. It, it sort of plateaued out a bit now. People have found their feet a little bit more with, with things now. But, but yes, there are a lot of government services like small business commissioners that can assist. They will often mediate these problems. So you don't necessarily need to incur lots in terms of legal costs or those sorts of things. There are sort of self-help services out there mm -hmm. um, where you can bring the parties together and just have a sensible discussion. Um, I mean, yeah, I think... I think that's really great uh, for our listeners to know about those sort of things because I think sometimes, and no disrespect to lawyers, um, we've all got to make a living, but there is sort of a fear of um, you know, fairly high costs associated with legal, and legal can be very expensive depending on you know, how deep you dive into the disputes. Oh, look, absolutely. And, and I think it's one of those things, it's almost like it's a bit of a taboo subject for clients and sometimes for lawyers alike. But, you know, my, my background is but being uh, coming up through and then eventually owning a, a small law firm myself. So I get it. I get the pressures of running business. I get um, that it's not always, you know, smelling roses. So it, it's, and I think a lot of good commercial lawyers, no matter what type of practice they are in, have a passion for business and therefore understand how difficult things are. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with the business owner saying to your lawyer, look, I need to manage my costs sensibly. And I generally, and the team here at Common Greg also have the, the approach of, look, let's make sure you get the best value for money. And if there's a free service out there that can do what we were going to do, use the free service, you know, because there is a place where you may need our services that there isn't that free resource. So use the free, cheap or, or, or reduced cost service where you can. Absolutely. Yeah. Pro provided that, um, that free service is uh, is a quality service. I mean, yeah, yeah. There's um, it's a bit of a trap, and and you know, to um, I think particularly when you're under financial pressure or other pressure to to ask around, which is it, you know, we'd encourage that, but you know, also to use your judgment as to who you actually listen to. Um, so yeah, um, Anthony's organisation, Small Business Mentoring Service, as an example, is a you know, is an excellent organisation for free and low cost mentoring for, you know, for business owners who, um, you know, are struggling. But um, just you mentioned something interesting there, Malcolm. You, yourself, you merged your own practice uh, with a, uh, into Coleman Gregg, I think. Uh, yes. So, you know, you, you've transitioned. Was that a – well, you were a solo uh, lawyer and then yeah. – uh, <laughs> In Interesting story. I mean, I, I started off um, – I started off my career in in that small practice. I, I actually had an economics degree, no no legal qualifications. Came in as a, as a clerk, loved the work so much that I then went and did my legal qualifications. Worked my way up through through management there. Um, the the founder of the firm was a, a sole practitioner at the time. Went into into partnership with him. Eventually ended up buying him out. Sole practitioner for myself for a while. Then I brought a, a good friend and colleague in. Uh, Luke Mitchell, who is with me now here at Coleman Gregg as a principal as well, we, we operated that business 
um, for, for about five years together quite successfully. And then, um, you know, without sort of any any warning, Coleman Greg came knocking on our on our door. They were looking for a bit of a succession plan with some older practitioners that were, after 35 years of practice, were, were moving into retirement. And it was just one of those things, right time, right place. Um, and I'm very happy to report that, that it's all gone as smoothly as possible and, and we're really enjoying uh, enjoying the new environment. It's, it's a it's a good thing to um, you know I think for any owner out there to to seek out some uh, support it doesn't you know need to necessarily be a merger like yourself but mm. you know it's it's in having those discussions and and talking to other owners that you um, or advisors that you you know you, you can stop that feeling of being completely alone. Um, oh, I couldn't agree more and and I think one of the great tools for um, any business operator is, and there's there's a plethora of the, of them out there now. But small business networking groups or chambers or, or mentoring services. I mean, I, I'm I'm a member of one myself. When I first sort of went from junior lawyer into management, I had no idea what I was doing running a business. I hadn't had no formal education around running a business. Um, and I just wanted to learn from others. So, you know, you, you, you join these groups, you go, you listen to other people's experiences. It doesn't matter if it's in the same area of business as your business or not. You just you learn from people and you learn from their experiences. So I, I yeah. can't. You, you share enough. No, no, you share you share the load, don't you? Because oh, yeah. um, uh, it, you know that that feeling of uh, going home from a small business, and um, it's it's challenging. You've got you've got staff to manage, and you've got a, a you know relationships personal to manage, and and often there's not the the right time. Owners can feel like can't put these. Um, Difficult. You can't discuss them with staff, and and don't want to share the the problems at home. So you know, and it, and it really does get very very lonely. So um, yeah, those networking, yeah, yeah, um, it's, it, it, it's re- it can be a lovely, um, rewarding, um, inspiring environment, but yeah, it can be a really lonely one too, uh, yeah. for all of the reasons that you, you've just said. Yeah, um, and by the way, on today's edition of Small Business Banter, where we're talking with Malcolm Campbell from Coleman Greg. Thanks so f- you know, for your for the input so far, Malcolm. Um, wanted to to come back to something we chat we we talked about a little bit earlier, um, or you mentioned a little bit earlier. There there are some businesses doing extremely well um, post COVID, yeah. which, yeah. as you say, was a little unexpected. Um, but um, in terms of um, they're going to have their challenge, their growth problems or or different sets of challenges. So are you seeing what what are some of the because it, it's the same. You can't, you know, uh, growth growth has a cost. Yeah. <laughs> Success has a cost. And yeah. um, what what are some of the the things that you're seeing? Um, their challenges, you know, uh, good good financials, perhaps, but some other operating or other challenges. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I, I think um, big big picture, um, the the um, speed and ease of obtaining finance to to expand. So you might be doing really well off the back of COVID in terms of your trading, um, but you, you've then got a, a cash flow shortage. You, you want to maybe expand extra premises, more staff, more equipment, whatever it might be. But um, the, the finance sector is probably the banks won't tell you this, but but it, it's still fairly tight in terms of. The, the lending regime um, and it can be slow. So then you can have deals and opportunities present themselves to you, but it can be hard to, to, to make that all happen in this current environment. It's like everything else is trying to catch up to those businesses that, that are doing you know exceptionally well. And that's despite, 
despite a lot of marketing that maybe yeah. you, you get a different impression of how much money is available at record low rates. That's right. And and it's not just about the rate. It's about those other conditions of borrowing around, well, what security are you putting up um, and those sorts of things. It doesn't matter if you get a, um, a lot of money at a low rate now. If you've put up your house um, and then rates go up and um, things tighten up, you know, <sighs> It might have seemed like a good idea back then, but yeah, it's not all. It's you can't always, uh, you know, accept the advertising on on the front window. Yeah, Malcolm, interesting point. You're talking about the financials there, but I mean, there's certainly some other sort of key um, pieces of legal protection that business owners can and, and need to put in place, but often don't. And I'm thinking like, you know, uh, you've gone into a merger uh, you know, of your business with other people. So I'm, I'm, I would imagine there would be sort of like contracts of how yeah. you share things. Um, yeah. There'd be things like, um, you know, um, you know, protection things. Um, how do you get out of businesses yep. and everything else? What would be some of the key things that you, you see that, you know, business owners tend to neglect um, in terms of getting their legal structures right? Uh, not getting good advice early on, and so they they go for the cheapest, quickest, and easiest structure to start with, which then becomes very difficult to um, transition into a more appropriate structure later on. I, I get that um, finances and cash is tight when you're starting out, but it, it's good to spend what little money you may have at that time wisely. So, you know, I, my advice is. I still haven't come up with a good reason as to why you would ever operate a business as a sole trader um, or a traditional partnership. I, I just don't I, I don't understand the mentality of that. You've got the concept of unlimited liability. That is every asset you have is on the line compared to the limited liability regime you can put in, in place with just a simple private company. Um, if, if you have business partners, the, the next thing that is often overlooked because everything's going well and everyone's excited about, you know, new business is not putting a shareholders agreement in place. Um, you know, it's an absolute must. You might really like the people you get going into business with. Things might be great, but you don't say that about insurance, do you? You still go and get an insurance policy for your contents or your public liability or, or those sorts of things because you acknowledge, oh, look, the worst could happen. And it really the same attitude needs to be taken with your business partners in terms of let's hope it's like an insurance policy that you put in the bottom drawer and never have to refer to again. But if you do, you've got it there. Um, and so many disputes or misalignments between business owners could be re reasonably and cost effectively and, and quickly resolved if there was a well-drafted shareholders or partnership agreement in place, but just such a low percentage of people put them in place, unfortunately. Yeah, the um, the excitement uh, that is gets, you know, of starting a new business and we're going to do this, we're going to jump in, we all know each other, we've yeah. work together, whatever, we've got a bit of history. Um, it takes a, like a really wise uh, head to, uh, to be able to say, you know, to the people involved, this could, and, and, and there's a fair chance things can go wrong and you need to contemplate now what that looks like. But it's yeah. it, in the spirit of, um, you know, uh, let's, if we're going into this as friends or as, um, as partners, we want to make sure that there's a, there is a graceful way out, which often gets overlooked. Yeah, and look, things change over time, right? Like you might go in thinking it's a little side hustle and it goes gangbusters, and I hate to say it, but we're all human. Money changes people, right? And so yeah. 
you, you might have gone in with one thought process, but then it changes along the way or, you know, life happens. Things happen in people's lives that, that change their position. You know, they might be going through a separation and puts financial stress on. Like there's so many unanticipated things that um, I think you just have to be courageous enough and put your pride to one side at the start of business to say we're planning we're hoping for the best but we're planning for the worst in terms of let's get all this structural stuff in place and if it goes great we'll never have to worry about it it's more about what if it doesn't go the way we want it to some of the other things uh, malcolm that you know obviously a lot of businesses get involved with you know we were talking about leases earlier and things like that um what are some of the sort of the key legal instruments that, you know, small business owners face that, you know, and, and or any quick tips that you might have about, you know, how they can use those in the most um, effective way for their own businesses, but also in a in a well-balanced way because, you know, it's a contract between two different parties. Yeah, look, I, I mean, I, I tend to talk to clients about the business life cycle and, and there is, um, there is a, a whole bunch of relationships and if you just try and break it down as, as simply as you can, you'll have internal relationships, so that's between business partners. Right, we've just spoken about that. You'll then have further internal relationships with your people, your staff, whether they're employees or contractors. And you'll have external relationships, so with your clients and your suppliers. Um, and then you will actually also have external relationships like with the government, but also just the general public. And so long as you're aware of where each of your key legal relationships are and you understand them at least at a simple level and you have the right documentation in place for those relationships, you're doing well. Um, a lot of people don't tend to understand that business is more than just the customer-business relationship. There's a whole bunch of other relationships involved in running a business um, that are really important to get right. You can, you can see why managing a small business is so complex because you've just outlined, you know, I don't know, six, seven, eight yeah. different types of relationships that any one of which could have um, a really positive or, or a really negative effect um, yeah. on, on the business itself. And then that flows, you know, if it goes um, skew if, um, you know, it flows through to the owners and, and, and their, their, their nearest and dearest. Um, I'm really, uh, really keen just to um, try to prize out your, your sort of um, your best advice to someone who's listening in, dealing, you know, doing they're in the they're doing it hard basket, either because you know they've got debt that's you know overhanging and the business has you know suffered, or or they've you know they've got a, a, a legacy lease. Either way, we're talking about business owners that are carrying a financial burden. Yep. Um, and from my you know I've seen where you know it, it is you, you talked about it. Put your head in the sand is one approach. It can seem scary. It can seem uh, like you're giving up. It can seem like it's going to cost too much, and I don't have anything. So, where, where do you, where would you where would you be directing those people, and and what layers of advice would you be suggesting that they try to find? Yeah. Okay. A really, really, really good question. That, that that's got lots of, as you said, lots of different layers to it. So, at the simplest level, um, don't bury your head in the sand get the right people around you and the critical people in that scenario are going to be a good accountant or financial advisor. I don't just mean someone who's going to do your returns for you. I mean someone who's going to sit and look at your books and go, why is your business not going? It's all good and well to say a business isn't going well. Well, what does that result in yeah. other than negative thoughts? We've got to go, we've got to actually look at the source and go, okay, it's not going well, but let's figure out why. 
Because once you know the why, you can then take the appropriate corrective action. And sometimes there is nothing you can do and that will take you down another path where, it, depending on the severity of it, you might then be talking to insolvency professionals. And as a result of COVID, um, there have been changes made to the insolvency regime in Australia at the moment, which promotes, and, I, and I'll put a caveat on this, I'm not an insol- I know a bit about it, but I'm not an insolvency expert, but we do have those here at, at Coleman Greg. But it promotes getting early advice and putting a plan in place to help trade out. It's, it's promoting, rather than businesses just folding overnight, it's promoting trying to trade out in the best interest of that business's creditors, but also the business itself. Okay, but so there's an assumption there that you know that your numbers are can improve yes. because you understand where you've been and what's causing the issues. That's right. And the regime requires that you've sought professional advice and that you actually have a plan, and that will normally need to be written, plan of what you're going to do to trade out. You can't just go, oh, I'm going to keep going along as I am now and just hope. There's actually yeah. got to be, I've gone and gotten gone and gotten that professional insolvency advice and I have a plan in place and I'm going to stick to it and, and trade out. And you get a window of time there where you would be protected from things like insolvent trading and those sorts of things which can open up personal liability for directors. Yeah. If it's not the if it's not that extreme, the, the other thing that can be put in place is once you know the why, you can go and have conversations with the relevant people. You can ask for extended trading terms with your suppliers. You can talk to your landlord about some rent relief. You can talk to your banks because even though I kind of put the boot into them earlier, they do have um, the ability. And I got a letter in the mail, unsolicited letter from my bank the other day saying, hey, how are you going in COVID? Do you need help or not? So there are... yeah the ability to have the conversation with the bank to take some of that pressure off. Now, it's not going to be forever. So you can't just do the whole, which is what I think, to be honest, happened with a lot of business in the GFC was there was so much money flushed into the economy that I'm not sure a lot of businesses that probably needed to make changes back then did because they just rode the wave of that expenditure. But now it's come around where they're like, oh, goodness, we've got the same problems now that we had back then because they didn't actually make any changes. So, yeah, yeah, look, you've got to understand the internal mechanics of your business and why things might be a problem because once you then know what the problem is, you can address it. Yeah. No, look, it's unfortunately that's a a great way to finish our discussion, Malcolm. I think it's very powerful that – and I think you're saying unless you really understand your numbers and what's going on in the business, you know, you're really in the dark because from there you can take a couple of different routes and um, they all involve getting counsel or, or expert advice. Um, and the message I think strong and loud is uh, don't put your head in the sand and, and uh, analyze and, and talk and, 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 and find a way through or decide it's, it is too hard. Hey, Malcolm, look, Thank you very much for your time today. I think we probably could have rolled another <laughs> session and, and perhaps we'll do that. But I really appreciate your time today. We've been chatting with Malcolm Campbell from Coleman Gregg in Sydney. Really appreciate your time, Malcolm. Thanks for having me on. So that's all for today's episode of Small Business Banter. Anthony and I continue to be inspired by bringing you small business experts and other small business owners and hearing their stories. For any of the links, resources or information we've talked about on the show today, 
or to contact Anthony or myself, please head over to smallbusinessbanter.com or you can find us on both Facebook and Instagram. Anthony and I would love you to tune in at the same time next week for another episode of Small Business Banter.